Welcome to Chat Your Own with Candy and Noodle, the monthly chat show podcast about all things now, then, and tomorrow. It's a little politics, a little art and science, and a whole lot of feminism. Liberal as fuck. And I'm Candy here with Noodle. Hey, I'm Noodle. How you doing, Noodle? Huh, I'm good. I'm good. Yes. Uh, that was a good sound, too. Yeah, right? Oh, it's huh. going to be full of weird noises. Uh, mm-hmm. The gala, huge success. Thank you for huge. everyone. The listening audience who attended, who supported, who donated. Paley's, thank you so much for the wine. It was the wine pole, like, sold out instantly. Everybody was thrilled. Um, Candy, thank you so much for coming. It was wonderful. We had a great time. We had so much fun. It was... <laughs> That was my first silent auction. Oh, nice. You know what? To be honest, it was mine too. It was my first time running one. It was great. Well, wow. yeah, it was so much fun. Yeah. It's everything I wanted it to be. <laughs> well, plus there was sequins. winning. There was tension. Yeah. There were sequins. There was tension. There was tension. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was super fun. You guys did an excellent job. You did. Thank you. Excellent Thank job. You. New skill, right? Leveling up. Like yes. now I can put like silent auction near on my resume. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I hope you do. I would like That's to actually my, my new yeah. job title that I'm looking for. Right. Not live auctions, just specifically silent auction. Specifically, it's, it's the auction and the organizing. Mm. Yes. I would like to uh, offer my skills. We had an excellent time. Um, I, uh, I, and I am doing okay. I'm doing all right. Doing good. Shrug. Shrug. <laughs> I actually, and I, it's wonderful to actually say that and not have an underlying to do. You know what I mean? No, uh-huh. I actually just, I, I, I feel great. The yard looks nice. I'm digging the weather, even though it's up and down a little, you know, something else. Um, I finally like am into spring and I'm like, oh, okay. It's 2023. Granted it's May now, but I have finally woken up into the season i'm sneezy but not as sneezy as i was last spring because of our backyard growth and ground coverage excellent our, our plants back there we have sunflowers that popped oh beautiful sunflowers i love one of them is um like a little guy by a bunch of really really big ones and he's got <laughs> like a like a little head i think i said that he looks like a toddler who just woke up I right, well, hair I here, a little it. confused, maybe. So little bedhead, little bedhead for little that bedhead. for that, that sunflower. sunflower. Yeah, uh, we also have a cat who's been using our backyard quite a bit um, for basking or basking, for pooping. A, a little pooping um, as like a thoroughfare through the neighborhood. Mm. We have a little hole like in one of the yards between the or fence between the yards, and. Uh, we're trying to get her to hang out. <laughs> like, mm, adopt a feral cat. I, I love mean, it. Not, yeah, like not really, really, but also like, I hey, I want her to feel safe here. Sure. You know? Sure, so sure, sure. It's wet outside. You can hang out here. Maybe water she can make friends with the sunflower. I'll tell you, the other day I walked out and there was sunflowers. There were sunflowers blowing in the breeze. The cat was on the deck right in front of me, cleaning itself with a foot in the air. And above me on the overhang there was a squirrel. In almost the exact same position. You were having the best day. Cleaning itself. 
It was a very Snow White moment. I And then I talked to the squirrel. Uh, I think they're listening. Of course they're listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And judging probably, but listening. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's been wonderful. Yeah, spring's been great, which is nice um, because we're going to talk about work today. We're going to chat about work this month. So I'm happy that the weather is good and things around us are good. Um, we're going to talk about work as in like what we do, how we do it, uh, and what we want out of our work. Noodle, what does work mean to you? Well, it's varied wildly. Uh, you know, we, I talked about this on the last episode that I had just gotten laid off in February. So I'm in this kind of process of what is it that I want to do? And I mean, I'm not going to say anything negative about my previous company because, you know, if you've listened to us over the last couple of years, like I really loved my job. Right. Uh, I really love the people that I worked with. I love the company. I love my boss. Like I love my coworkers. Um, and I was very, very good at what I was doing. So it was, you know, a pretty intense shock to the system. But then, like, you look at it and then you think about, like, the, the way your body has changed when suddenly the work stress has gone away. And, like, I've unclenched at a level that I didn't really realize how clenched I was. And I took a really long, hard look at, like, what have I been doing with myself? And does it matter? And am I just, like, shuffling papers for somebody else's bottom line? And how can I apply these skills to be doing something like impactful that matters. And I'm really like taking an opportunity to say, let's reevaluate like, what I'm doing and where, um, I know I need to get another job. I haven't actually started looking yet. Um, I, I haven't because I've just been kind of like, well, I threw myself immediately into the you school fundraiser. Right. So it's funny because right. you know, we joked about it, but like, maybe I want to go into development. Like maybe I want to go into like working for a cause and having it matter because of all of those skills are like cross functional. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, like I would like to change to doing something more meaningful, but with the same skill set. So like marketing for somewhere else. Right. Right. Focusing your, your, on an industry shift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. An industry shift is a good description of it. Nice. And also because like tech is tech is a hot mess, dude. It and is, and it continues to be messier. So uh, maybe tech is not where I want to be. It might be um, time to just check out some other stuff yeah, for a little bit. What else, and see, what else is happening in the world? See how it goes. Um, yeah. How do you feel, generally speaking? Because we're going to talk about some more specifics of work and like American work life and our experience. Um, how do you feel about the word work? And its impact on your life. Do you feel like you are able to do work that is your professional work, that is your career? And you're also able to use the term work to talk about, I'm doing fundraising work, volunteer work, or is, does, is the word work so toxic sometimes that when you start to label other parts of your life with the word work, it affects how you feel doing them? That's interesting. Um, yeah, before before getting laid off, anything that wasn't my job job, I never would have referred to it as work, mm, okay. right? Mm. And now I think about my work day at school when I go in to like be the parent mm. in the in the classroom with Revel. Whereas before it was like I get to go to Revel school today, and now I'm like this is the work that I'm doing. Um, so I never would have I called it work because it was so different from my job right. and. I wasn't volunteering anywhere, you know, because there wasn't any time by the time I'd like gotten out of my job, my brain was so done. I was like, mm, no, I got nothing else to give. So uh, I would never have labeled any 
any other time that I spent doing anything as work. Mm. Because yeah, the, the, the definitive line, especially when you layer in working from home yeah. um, is so specific because I had to be very like pointed about closing my computer, about shutting the door to the office. And so I right. separate the work from the rest of my life. So no, I wouldn't have ever used that word outside of my actual job job. I also have had trouble with that. Um, and I, I guess I, I have fluctuated between maybe calling things outside of my, let's say day job work in the past. I have used the word project quite a mm. bit. Um, project is a very good it, it helps, Yes. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm, I've got this other thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely, definitely had a problem just doing other quote unquote work in my space that I brought my day job into to work from home. Um, it definitely changed the way the word work and working and my day job and all of that kind of everything got malleable for a hot minute, which made being creative in my home office space way more difficult, mm-hmm. way more difficult. Um, and I don't know how much of that was reality was physical, like toxic work trauma response <laughs> um, or, uh, just like going bonkers in one, the same room for 12 hours of the day, mm, you know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure exactly what it was probably a little bit of everything. Um, but I'm feeling better about it now, but that took a three freaking years to, <laughs> to happen. And interestingly, there's this argument against like open floor plans at home these days because of that if we spend all of our time in what is essentially just like one big space, it's really hard to compartmentalize. Like here is where I am doing work versus here is where I'm like enjoying my home. Um, If you can always see your desk looking at you, uh, it makes it more stressful to like be not in work mode. 100%. And that's, it's funny that you say that because I have rearranged my working at home space a few times during the pandemic and I've landed on the most comfortable one, which does include like tucking my day job stuff away. It is not mm-hmm. really seen. It's in the corner. Mm-hmm. It's in um those QB bins from Ikea. Mm-hmm. In the QB thing. bins. I can love those QB bins. Um, it's like, Ooh, what's in there? A surprise or something you don't want to look at. <laughs> Either way. You can't um, see it. You just can't see it. And, and that definitely uh, makes a difference. It's like the day job, artsy, artsy, projecty writing space workout area has found some sort of balance, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I, I, I do want to read this definition, and then I've got the secret question for you. Ooh, um, I do love a secret definition. Lots of definitions of work. I think when we talk about work and it, that word pops up, especially right now in the climate, in the country and all over the world, um, there's a little bit of anxiety that comes with it. Um, part of that's probably because of all of the things attached to work in our daily lives. Uh, let's think about, though, what it actually supposedly means. Um, an activity involving mental or physical effort done in order to achieve a purpose or result. A task or tasks to be undertaken 
something a person or thing has to do. Uh, engaged in physical or mental activity, um, as in to do work. That's, there's your, your verb. Notice none of these say to make money. I was thinking that. I was like, there's nothing here that says in exchange for a salary. Right, right, or right. Or a payment. Um, and so then that's my favorite is the physics definition of work, which is in physics, work is the energy transferred to or from an object via the application or force along a displacement. In its simplest form, for a con constant force aligned with the direction of motion, the work equals the product of the force strength and the distance traveled. So the work equals how much you do and how far you go, mm. how much you move forward. Move, mm. but move forward. Uh, I think I like that one the best because yeah. it's... Yeah. And I like that it implies... Yeah, it, it implies that you'll be promote it consistently you will continue to it, move forward you're not it implies stuck progress. in like yeah you, yeah you are not stuck in a in a one-shot life so uh -huh. that's interesting uh yeah so all those those were uh the first definitions i read were from the uh oxford uh and i, I guess in society we have put it all together to where our purpose is money our purpose is money to survive right yeah um and I wonder how many other things in our life we might feel better about the term work if we thought about it in this way. What things do you want to achieve for yourself, mm -hmm. not for somebody Achievement. else? Achievement. Achievement. Uh, Progress. Uh, results. See something right. that you have done, an accomplishment, um, mm -hmm. without it being tied to money and someone else telling us we're good and we're going to give you more, we're going right. to you know, treat you differently because you're so good at your work. Mm -hmm. And speaking of being good at your work, the opposite. Here's your secret question. What is the shortest job you've had? Okay. So there's two <laughs> answers. There's the like pre-career and then there's the like yes career. Uh, yes career. Pre-career, I worked three shifts at a bartender at the sixth. And somebody tried to crawl over the bar and grab me, and nobody thought that was weird, and I never went back. Uh, Gracious. That is a, that is a, well, the story is perfect. Yeah. No, yeah. That's, that is exactly how that should happen. That was it. Right. Uh, and then I got the job at Residuals and worked there for five years, and that was an amazing experience. And I met all my friends uh, through that bar, mm -hmm. including you, uh, including yeah. my husband. Like that, that bar really changed my life. Um, so that's pre career, was that. Mm -hmm. uh, post-career, um, in, before working at NetApp, I worked for a little under six months at this company that was a, um, business operations company. They sold like software that was essentially mm -hmm. the same as like Vizio. Um, and it just was not a good fit for me as a human being. Um, the, the guy in charge was French and he spoke with such a thick accent that I thought he was like talking in French the whole time and I couldn't understand him. And I like ran out of ways of saying, I'm sorry, could you say that again? And I just like gave up and I was just, and I would just like write French words, French, French, French. I think he's talking in French. I don't know what I'm supposed to do in French. And uh, I didn't, I didn't really, um, I was there for about under six months. And like the office was very cold and it was in Beverly Hills. <laughs> it was cold. And it just, it just was not a fit for me as a human being. There was like four people in the office and, three of us were really unhappy. 
Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So, yeah. That was that. Nice. What about you? Those were good. Those were good answers. Um, uh, the, the shortest job I had was I answered an ad for sales. Now, let me tell you, when I say answered an ad for sales, I mean, I answered an ad from the classified in the weekly newspaper. Oh, wow. And day one was going to the place and sitting in a room for orientation and training. And it was me and a group of other people in a small room with a whiteboard and a couple of people who were, you know, really good at the job. And we ran through scenarios of selling. We improved with them for the day. And then the next day, um, I got in the car to go sell artwork to businesses Ooh. downtown in Chicago. And Which I left sounds very fun on paper. Midday. Ooh. Midday. You know I'm fucking out. <laughs> I cannot walk into another pub and say, do you want to buy artwork uh, for, and you know, and they're, and they're telling you, well, but this is how, you know, sometimes you go out, you get a, uh, you get a dentist office, right. And they'll buy like 10, they'll fill the place. You'll get like a hotel. That's a good contract. You could get a hotel. That would might be nice. You make a ton of money, get a hotel. Maybe uh-huh. they open another one. They come back. Yeah. It's, Selling artwork. To companies it, sounds not, really fun. It's, it's not. It's, no. it's, it's door yeah. to doors. It's, it's, yeah. I hate sales. Uh, I've, I have never kept a sales, even sales adjacent position for mm-hmm. a very long time. Um, and the guy was so nice that was training me, but it was so funny. It was like early 2000s. His, his windbreaker was huge. It was winter in Chicago. It was like wet and cold. We were outside. He was smoking like crazy. Um, when he was like 22. <laughs> maybe 25. He could have been 25. Could have been right. 25. Um, but it was very, very funny. I was like, I gotta go. Did you sell any art? That no. Uh, no. Not at all. Not at all. It's like, was, what are we doing? Was this any was of the art, the was any of the art like good art or was it, it like terrible corporate it was, abstract? It was total corporate abstract art and it wasn't horrible. It absolutely was something you would see in a dentist's office or a motel. A lot of teeth. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was like swirls of horizon. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And like a rolled plastic frame. Oh my God. So funny. Yeah. It was super, super, super funny. And other than that, I don't think I really had, uh, I did not work at, oh my God. Wait, I worked at, I worked at Sam Goody. Oh, again, for like a hot minute, though, a job that sounds great on paper. It was not great. Did you get to steal any CDs? No, but I think I got a discount on gift cards. Did I I buy some gift cards? Such a like specific discount because they had they were part of some other like there was some corporation that like yeah there was like like, four of them that were all the same yeah yeah it was like coconuts and like Sam Goody and you could like use their stuff at all the places and coconuts for a while there had the the gift certificate that was like a token it was like a giant token. Do you remember? I think I think that was very Chicago specific, or like Midwest specific. Yeah, Midwest specific. It was Midwest slash nineties specific. You've never heard of coconuts? No, the music music store. store. No, Mm -hmm. Sam Goody for sure, but like not coconuts. Yeah, that's hilarious. 
goody. Um, there's a lot of jobs that I probably should have left. Not a lot. I guess I haven't had a shitload of jobs. And I started working in administration 20 years ago. So that's been a hot minute. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely should have quit like that insurance company a little bit earlier. And I probably should have quit the Olive Garden earlier. But Oh, yeah. Everybody should quit the Olive Garden. Every, everybody should quit the Olive Garden. If, if not to... Stop yourself from eating breadsticks nonstop because it's impossible. I mean, they're, yeah, I would say that there. would be a reason to stay. <sighs> Depends on how quickly they go to your ass. Not quick enough. Not quick <laughs> enough. Um, noodle. Yes. Speaking of asses, you know what you do when you're reading? Sometimes you sit on your ass. What are you reading, noodle? Uh, I would say, are you reading any shitty books? But there you go. But that's nope. that's that's a that's a blue joke. <laughs> um, so I just read this really excellent book, uh, Fledgling by Octavia Butler, and it is so good and it is so interesting. In the first like fifty pages, I was like, gets the point, and then it gets to the point, and it's really good. And it's about this little girl who it turns out is not a little girl. She wakes up with amnesia only to discover that she is like a 50 plus year old vampire in, and, but like looks like a 12 year old. Uh, and it's how she like discovers who she is and what she's about and like has to like refine her society and so on. And it's super good. And it's just like a weird different take on vampire culture that, that has nothing to do with any of the other sort of vampire books that you've read. And it mostly like debunks them entirely. And it teaches you know, or teaches it, like, is all about this, like, different vampire society, and they call themselves the Ina, I-N-A. I've been pronouncing it Ina, but it might be pronounced Ina. I'm not sure. Um, and it's great, and it's really interesting, and it's, like, intrigue and murder and, and like, relationships with humans and what they call, like, symbi symbiotes, where, like, you have a friend, and that's your, like, human friend whose job is to serve you, but, like, they live with you. Like, it's this very complex beautiful book and I get to the end and I'm like okay what's next and I look up is there a sequel and the answer is there would have been a sequel but Octavia Butler died and I was like oh oh well that's garbage and they're like and like she left notes for like three different versions of what the sequel might have been so we can't even write one and I was like I'm sorry what so I'm super, I'm like big mad about it. Cause if I had known one, that it needed a sequel and two, that the sequel just wasn't coming, I wouldn't have read it, Aww. but it was great. Like I really enjoyed it as long as you like, are okay with the fact that this book ends with a thousand fucking questions. Mm. Uh, yeah. That was a really Thanks. great review. I, I really enjoyed it, but I was like, yeah. Oh, man. good luck guys. <laughs> Cause you know, sometimes like an author will die and somebody else will finish like a the thing. The series or the sequel. But or like whatever. she yeah. hadn't left one clear story. She left like, well, it could be this and it could be that. Maybe we'll change this. And oh, I mean, she could go down this path. And I'm like, what, which could you pick one? Pick Ooh, one. Someone should do it, but make it like a choose your story. Right. Book. Do Use you all three. Read, press yeah. A to read more about Shuri. Huh. Press B to like go somewhere yeah. else. Remember those books that you could flip yeah. upside down? Like mm -hmm. you flip it over and the rest was in the, yeah. Mm -hmm. Big ass yeah. hardcover. <laughs> yeah. But it was stuff like maybe the sequel takes place 50 years in the future. Maybe it takes place tomorrow. Like that's We're just too big of a gap. Yeah, right. That's, like, that's a lot. Like 
the options she was she was basically like white space white space and somebody she just like wrote down sequel question mark and like that was her entire outline so okay. not okay. not helpful but but a great book like her writing is beautiful hmm. so it sounds pretty i mean it sounds like a good story it sounds like a really good story i haven't read a vampire book in a hot minute I can't, hot minute is apparently my yep which i i don't think i like I, i'm not using correctly it's just coming out no, the weather the weather is getting warmer so you heat up it was. Oh my God. It was like a million degrees last week and now it's cold. It was hot. A million degrees. It was hot. It was hot. It was like 84 at some point and I was like, fuck this. We had, we had our first pool play date last weekend. Oh, nice. And it was great. Jenny, in case you're listening, thank you for having us. We had a ball. Um, but it, uh, it was hot. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's freaking cold. Um, if you're chilly, fledgling by Octavia Butler. Yeah. New book. Uh, get it today. Uh, Noodle, do we want to go into talking about some of our points about work and work life and what we think about it and yes. what we hope? So back to back to work holistically. So it's funny because you mentioned in your story of like jobs that you should have quit, you mentioned a couple of big companies. You talked about mm-hmm. Sam Goody, you talked about Olive Garden, and now you work for a very small firm where it's just mm-hmm. you and a couple other people. Pros and cons of big companies versus small companies. Right. Um, I will say this. I've now worked small firm for, for that whole 20 years. Just about, I think the biggest company I worked for was 20 people. So that's still a small office. Um, pros. Autonomy and handling your workload. That's a big pro. There's enough work to go around that someone is not constantly checking up on you. You have to do your own work and get it done. Um, you're so not being managed. You're not being, you're certainly not being micromanaged, at least in my experience, um, which I like. Um, it also leads to you being trusted with large scale items early on, mm. which can be a pro and can be a con. Uh, the con being that it would lead to carrying heavier responsibilities. And when you carry them and you carry them well, you become the person in the group project who carries all the, those responsibilities. So that, that can go either way, but you do tend to be trusted with large scale stuff pretty early on. Um, which is nice. If you're someone who likes that and wants to tackle that, that's a big pro. Right. Um, now, you have worked in larger companies, yes. much larger companies. Yes. Um, what do you, how do you, what do you think is like the biggest pro and con Big of the large corporation? Of the, of the really large corporation is that you have one job. You do your job. Right. You, nobody's right. going to show up tomorrow and be like, yo, I'm a show, I'm a, suddenly going to throw like 400 things on your plate that have nothing to do with what your job is, but somebody has to do them and like, we're picking you, right? Right. While the scope of the job like contracts and expands kind of based on what projects are going on, like, oh, there's a weird sound Ooh. somewhere. Oh. I don't know. I'm going to pr- assume it's fine. Sorry. Uh, we live on a main street and sometimes there's like weird stuff. That was a weird stuff that just happened. Oh. Uh, so, so basically, n- I, I was not the event coordinator, right? So 
mm-hmm. there were a, there's an event component within my job of like working with the event team, but nobody's going to show up, would show up at my job like tomorrow and say, okay, Vanessa, you now have to run a trade show, like go make it happen. Right. So that was a huge pro, right? It, you did your job. Your job was your job was your job and that was your job. The con is it's really, really hard to like make an impact at a big level, like you, ha- mm-hmm. it's like, you know, very political. You have to like, you right. know, whatever to like get new projects and like get promoted and so on is very, very political. It's very like, no matter what size fish you are, you are still a small fish in a giant pond. Even if you're like a slightly bigger fish, you're still a small fish. And also like layoffs, turns out layoffs are a big con of a giant corporation. Right. Just, like, even if you know your team and you know your manager, like to somebody, you're just a number. Um, and that's that's hard. That was like a hard reality because you can really, really love big corporate America and love your job, but big corporate America is never going to love you back. Oh God, that's so sad. It was. It was really. It was, really, sad it, it was a really hard reality to like face. Yeah. Um, um, and I'm still really struggling with it, but it's just it, true. It's right, right. Uh, which I definitely felt when I did work for large corporations, which was mostly in the food industry. Uh, but I mean, any food industry seems to be you know from the get-go you are expendable. We can mm-hmm. act like we need you to come in. We can act like you have to cover or find someone else to like fill your shift or if you can't be here or whatever. But the truth is we know that you're expendable and we'll tell you that immediately and we'll hire someone else in a second. Yep. Um, what you said just now about politics, the I think it's a con to the small business. Um, the family style politics that enter into upper level slash like staff level relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, it's some people want that, uh, that we're a family and we're a close knit team and you're going to your, your secretary's daughter's graduation and you're invited to their wedding and you send each other Christmas presents. Um, I, I have not found that to be beneficial in my <laughs> career history um (laughs) but you know the truth is when I was a kid my mom worked in a place like that and it was like I mean I danced with her boss's daughter we were all they were all at each other's weddings everyone was very um knew each other very well uh they like I think like her boss came to my grandmother's funeral like close-knit uh which isn't necessarily it's not that it's not possible to make close friends in a larger company. Um, but that family dynamic, I think is very specific to that, you know, that those size offices and they're not always great. No, there's a level of obligation. Somebody's daughter. Yeah. There's this loyalty thing that Mm -hmm. happens. Um, you know, I gotta, I gotta thank them for something they did for me 15 years ago. It it is a, it's a, it's an uncomfortable dynamic, I think. Yeah, that's, that's an issue. And I think also like remote work where that plays into the corporate as well now, because you like have an extra layer of removal from that as well. Like I never met any of my people in person, not once, even though I spent eight hours a day on zoom calls with them. Yeah. So that like component of it as well. Yeah. They're they're a person on screen. Yeah. Which, um, which actually does, made me super sad. Like I would have really liked to like hug a bunch right, of people. Right, right. Like say like a goodbye. Um, 
don't even have said hello. Even to say <laughs> hi would have been nice. It does lead to, I imagine, a sense of um, surrealness to your day because, you know, the yeah. things us getting used to talking on video, I mean, this is still relatively new. And any babies that are listening, any babies having a video call is not very old. So no. they're just, yeah. just doing like this with a friend, like we're on Zoom right now, is still kind of like I'm watching a video of you, you know, as opposed we're, to like we're, t- we're together, what you doing? but yeah. not together, but, and it's yeah. super freaking cool. And I feel like I'm in Star Trek. Um, but yeah, it does add a level of unreality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fascinating. Space, space. <laughs> um, so right now in Los Angeles, uh, speaking of uh, Star Trek, yeah, we are on day one of a writer's strike, uh, which is kind of amazing. Yeah. And I, th- I feel like it's like the third writer strike since it I is. was here. And like, it is. well done, you guys. Like, keep pushing for it. Third um, in the last 15 years. Yeah. So unions and working conditions. What uh, What do you think? What do you think about going on strike? And I mean, I'm I'm definitely pro-union. 100% pro- We've said that before. Pro-union. Pro-union. Right. Show. Um, you know, look, if people weren't horrible... <laughs> Um, we might not have to have them, but they are. I, I don't know if the conversation is power corrupts. I don't know if the conversation is uh, the rich will always stomp on the poor. I don't know what that conversation is, but it seems to be that at some point a company gets so large and the, I'm assuming the disconnect between the worker and the upper level becomes so great um, that people get forgotten and treated like crap. So pro people banding together. So them and their peers, so they and their peers are not treated like crap. <laughs> I wish yeah. you didn't need them. Absolutely. I, I agree. Like if, yeah. if corporate or, you know, whatever corporate, not just like business, you know, like all the, not just like, right. Uh, office corporate, but like every single variation of a corporation did not like try and suck every oh. possible moment of life out of people for as little money as possible and as much backbreaking labor as right. possible. Like if they were just like, Hey, we are of the people and we like believe in the people. I also think you're going to have better profits guys. I, and that just keeps being proven and nobody over cares. and over and over again. I don't this, under, I don't understand the strike the, right now comes down to I think I think I read this is something like a three percent profit difference. Like the right like ultimately when they look at the big balance of the numbers, mm-hmm. it's it's three percent of revenue that they would like to shift to the writers. Right, right. That why is that and a conversation like, no, that you no, need a, and the idea of like streaming how new technology impacts contracts and what residuals looks like now and so on like real things that really you would have to if you think to yourself technology is changing and we need to adapt to it that means everything needs to adapt to it not just how we make money but how we distribute the money and the labor but they're like "Mm, no it's still too new we're not committed bitch you made 10 billion dollars last year right well if we don't if humans don't in general start learning to shift quicker and mm-hmm. learn and grow with like some sort of exponential change. It ain't going to matter because yeah. we're going to nuke ourselves and it's going to be over. Right. We're going <laughs> to nuke ourselves. It's this conversation's pointless. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I yeah. Oh, 
there's no union we don't want to support. You know, when the teachers mm-hmm. went on strike, we're for it. Um, and it's funny because I, when the teachers went on strike a couple of weeks ago, I said to our teacher, I was like, are you a member of LUSD, like, union? Like, do we need to be preparing for this? And she said, no, you know, I'm in a college union. It's a different, but she's also a college professor. Mm-hmm. She was like, I am not on strike. So I was like, okay, good. But if, you, if that changes, you just got to let us know so we can plan for it, right? So we can mm-hmm. figure out, like, what does that look like? Right. Because, like, I was all like, let's go on strike, Teacher Joni. Let's do it. How do we support right? the situation? Exactly. How can <laughs> yeah. just, we just need, like, a run-up to be able to be prepared for it. Like, are we having play dates? Are we just staying mm-hmm. home? What are we doing? Right. Uh, and it would have been fine. It would have been fine. We would have figured it mm-hmm. out. Totally. Um, yeah. So I just... um Yes. Union. Union. Yes. In at every level. I can't I, think of a yeah situation where I would be like, mm, no, no. I wish there was a union I could join. Just so I could wear like the t-shirts, you know, and yell. I know. Damn I want to be stamp the man. Right? And I damn the man. And like, I want yeah. everyone to like yep. be able to work and be fulfilled at their job and also yes. afford their health care and have a place to live and like and be about treated well, and happy and yeah. Tre- yeah. I don't. It, have, yes. have pee breaks that are like appropriate. How simple. Yeah. For a grown person to not have to ask and be on a timetable to go to the bathroom. Amazon, we are literally looking at you. I mean, what the like fuck? You specifically. What the F? That is um, working conditions. You know what? I, I think it's possible that, you know, part of the old, I'm going to start calling it the old adage of don't talk about money. Uh, religion or politics, um, has a- I think it accidentally meant that we just didn't talk about our work. We talk about accomplishments. What do you do? I do this. Well, I did this last year, or I you know, I learned this, or we we, but we don't talk about the uh, intricacies of our work, or, or haven't for a very very long time. Right. Didn't for a very long time, um, and now we are, and it feels like there's this culture shock of no one wants to work anymore. Honestly, nobody ever wanted to work. Fuckers. First of all, right? <laughs> I do not break. dream of labor, right? Back like in the day, I could like yeah. make some freaking beads, and we could trade, and you could give me like right. a chicken, and then like I could make some clothes, maybe. And if I had some extra seashells from the other jewelry, and like we would hang out, and, I, and maybe we were all naked. Who knows? It's a good time. Everyone was happy enough to be naked, maybe, and wear very little clothes. And now we have a credit score. Now we're so mad. Everybody's depressed. Everybody's mad. Credit scores are the worst. <laughs> Just the worst invention of the humans. Let's put that in the shitty museum. The shitty human things yep. museum. Credit scores. Fucking credit scores. Fucking credit scores. Pro union. I, I also am not in a position to be um, a member of a union. There are a lot of administrative groups out there, which are very cool. But um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot of corporate workers that have a union, I don't think. I can't think of any. It's, and I'm sure we're all getting dicked. Yeah, right? Yeah, there's so much the culture of like, oh, we're going to pay you this, but like, don't tell anybody. Shh. Well, and the the work to like the actual like workload to position title or mm-hmm. you know, whatever and like what you make is like so fluctuates so greatly. Yeah. Like you were saying like all the time. It's just arbitrary. Um, how do you regulate that? And, and in some yeah. cases you are, you do know you're working for a small firm if you, if you are and you're on the administrative side and often 
that's going to be a team effort every now and then. It's just uh-huh. going to be. Everyone has to do something to keep the bills paid and the payroll flowing. Um, I imagine it's the same if you work, if you're a contractor. Um, you have, you might subcontract if you need to, to bid on a job. You have so many employees. There's usually very, very small offices. Um, and it's the same situation. You know, you've got maybe five staff and subcontractors for big jobs. Mm-hmm. So you, everyone has to do what they have to do to keep everything going. Um, yeah. And there's like no way to regulate that. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So while you're doing your actual job, how much time would you say that you spend editing your work voice uh, for what's considered like appropriate email conversations and appropriate messaging kind of within your internal? And again, this, this is a difference between internal, like smaller firms and right. big firms. Like what is appropriate, like corporate speak? Right. Um for me, way more than I used to. Or, eh, yes and no. I, I feel like it's kind of less than I, I used to because I don't f-ing care anymore. Um, but it also means that I've just gotten so used to what to do for who I'm speaking to and how to adjust my communication that I'm really doing it without thinking so much. So it doesn't seem like I'm doing it as much, but I, I am. I totally am. Um, it's a stupid chunk of time that you are of energy you're wasting. It sucks. I don't like it. I don't like, um, I'm, okay. What do I do? I definitely do the exclamation point thing based on who I'm talking to. You count how many you put in. I don't count re- them. Remove just, two. Right. No, I just kind of look, it depends on how many lines there are. And if I look at the lines and more than like so many, you know, have an exclamation point on them, I adjust. Also, if I want to end my email with like, have a great weekend, exclamation point, <laughs> that I might Thanks. take an exclamation point out of the body <laughs> of my email. So I, I finish it and then I go back and I, I look for punctuation. Um, it's, it's like a get dressed and then take off two pieces of jewelry. Right, like, right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, you know, some of it's a woman thing. Some of it's, you know, you, I always write my emails out mostly. Um, in my voice as I would originally say it. And then I, I do look at it. Most of the time, um, my exclamation point is there because that's the emphasis in my brain. If we were having the conversation, that sentence would have come out of my mouth a little more excited. You know? <laughs> um, and then I realize not everyone is going to read that that way. So it's, it is just adjusting for this is who I am, how I speak, and they might not know that. Um, some of it is the, don't be a, a, an overly pleasing woman with your extra emphasis on all of the great things and how excited everything is. And it's exhausting. Yeah. Exhausting. Yeah. That is, that is accurate. I remember my first real corporate job sending like funny, jokey emails, like the first couple of weeks. And somebody took me aside and was like, yo, nobody's going to take you seriously. Like you need to adjust this. And I was horrified. I was so embarrassed because like I'd never had a email based job before. I had no idea. And I was absolutely mortified. And so for the next like two or three years, I sent these very like straightforward, uninteresting emails. And people were like, Vanessa, how come you have so much personality in real life? But then like on email you have none. And I was like, I thought I wasn't supposed to, 
have any. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. Like, I, like, cause that like really sat with me that it was like awkward. And then as I got like further along in my career, I was like, oh, fuck it, fuck it. I'm going to send emails where some of it's in all caps. There's underlining in places. I know you don't read this motherfuckers. That's why it's in bold here. I've been and highlighting like, things lately. Right. Oh, <laughs> for sure. And really just like, <laughs> like leaned into it more. And I, I it, at this yeah. point, I feel like this is part of my work brand, right? That I am exactly who I am at work as I right. am at home. Right. So I will send funny chatty emails about work stuff now. And I just decided like, I wasn't going to like buy into the idea that like, can't have a personality over email. Um, Ooh, you know, unless excellent it's like tale, corporate though. reporting that I'm sending out. Sure. But right. 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 When I, when I've been sending the emails like to the school for the gala, like it's the exact same thing. The opening is funny. There's a lot of hype and woots and like, so on and like the same type of emails that I would then send at work. Right. So I'm like, I don't care. Like, this is what I'm about. This is who I am. And I'm not, I'm not interested in like censoring that at this point. Like my feeling on it is you hired me and this is part exactly. of me. I, I do think it's, <laughs> we're at this, this juncture. I overall am no longer interested in that whole exactly what you just said like this is this is me this is my name this is what i do i am good at it and if if th- that doesn't drive with you like that's cool man then i this isn't the place right that's your problem that's that's, that's fine but like there is absolutely and the thing is like i want to say there's absolutely no reason to shove yourself shove your freaking you know round peg into a square hole to make it work because there is somewhere that's going to work. There are so many people and so many companies and so many jobs. There is a, but like, then it's like society, money, everything is horrible. You have to work. You have to do it. Dear God, you can't, you can't not. And it's, it's terrifying. So I want to say that it should be that easy. It should be. This isn't my place. Cool. Cool. So the system is set. I can like be on unemployment for a week or two weeks and go right. find something else. And like go there's jobs that are like available. If this sounds like you and you <laughs> want to talk to us about it. And you have these four things. Let's hey. talk. Uh, that it, I, it should not be a constant shoving yourself into a box you don't fit into. They, they talk about that, like hiring for culture rather than hiring for skills, because you could teach skills. You can't teach right. culture. Right. Um, so you just need to find like a weird culture to fit into. I do. <laughs> I do. I really, really do. But I will say that I do totally. I don't know if this is uh, in the the tiny company. You definitely get silly freaking emails. Um, inappropriate emails from clients, quite frankly. At least some people. Some people, you know, share. That's the difference too. I am working with clients and only, you know, four other people in my firm. So my correspondence adjusts to all different kinds of people all over the place. And the way other different companies are working, other people in an office, how I know their relationship with their and this and how this person attaches to this. So we have a different rapport than I might have with the next person, which is nice because there's a social aspect to it. But it's also part of the like, constantly flipping your head around and spinning in a different direction part of it as well. I bet there are tons of companies out there who are like talk about 
Candy from that company and how fascinating she is and how good at her job. And you are a like character in their business operational story. Right. Right. Their characters in my, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's fascinating the way we, our life bubbles overlap Mm -hmm. all the time. And somebody somewhere is saying, I wish we had a candy at our office. Right. Right. We need somebody to candy up around here. I'm, I'm assuming that's the phrase that they. That is the phrase. Candy I, I would like. We could get sweatshirts made. Candy up. Candy up. Yeah. Oh my God. We should. Totally I would. Have merch. I would wear a candy up. I would. Um, speaking of uh, the things that are your responsibility and how many different people, this, I feel like I use speaking of as a transition all the time. It's but whatever. It's, a good, it's like a totally reasonable transition. Yeah. Um, there was a moment in time, and I feel like we have passed this as a like inflection point for a for like a phrase, but it still exists very much about like quiet quitting slash working to wage. Uh, Cause quiet quitting oh, is such yeah. a like, like a employer phrase, whereas working to wage right. is an employee phrase. Right. Um, how do you feel like that has changed your like approach at all at work or has it not? It has and it hasn't. Um, I am an administrator. I fully expect to do lots of different things. Uh, my, my brain is tired after doing that for so long. But I do. I fully I fully expect to do that. Um, which means there are, quite frankly, very few things that are not in some way my responsibility. It's operations, right? So when there is something that absolutely is not, I think in the last, I mean, I'm definitely, I I definitely say this is not my job. This is not my job because it's, because there's four things that aren't my job and I'm not going to do them. It's one of them actual tax returns. Only kind of. I don't know. I am totally legally able to enter information into a tax program. I got to fucking pay for it every year. I'm like registered and whatnot. So help me. That's funny. Yeah. All right. Um, so that is not one of the four. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, could, I do. Could you I, name one thing that is like 100% not your job? 100% not my job. Reconciling for the company. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I am not actually an accountant. <laughs> Surprise! Stop. I write checks. That's it. I'm a I mean, that's a good skill. I'm a fucking account. Write the checks, mm-hmm. but like, like that. Do not fucking do. don't ask me to avoid something. Delete it. Make a fucking decision. Not my job. I enough to say. Not your job. Not my job. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's definitely it's definitely something I think about a mm. little bit. Um, I also had someone once say to me, "Well, can we just all like?" help each other out with the little administrative stuff to which my response was if you don't do any of the administrative stuff it starts to feel like you're taking advantage of that team ethic uh, ethic huh yeah i think and uh probably actually since that point forward i've been like nope 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 <laughs> that was Fuck y'all, nope. that was your personal inflection point nope. <laughs> yeah. uh, i like yep, it yep. how about you how do you have you did you feel like you saw that anywhere. So early in career, I was definitely like Susie do it all. 
right? <laughs> doesn't matter what it was. I was going to say yes. Oh. I was going to figure it out. I was going to make it work. You know, to to get brand again, like this is when I was working at a smaller company, like to like get ahead, do the things and like make a name for myself as get it done. As I got higher in my career, I did more delegating and more like, mm, mm, yeah, no, that's not me. I don't think. Uh, but I also learned a lot more about like who it was, like whose job it was. Cause instead of just being like, whatever, I'll figure it out. Like actually having built the relationships where I can say, that's not me, but you know who that is. That's this person over here. They are your, and then like help to bridge those connections. So I would, I still don't like step away entirely, but I'll, I, even though I like wouldn't do the thing, I would connect you with the person and check in. Hey, have they been able to help you? Like, do you need me to like make a connection there? To liaise. Yes. To liaise. That's a great word for it. So there's a lot more of that. Um, Though I will say, like, after I had Revel um, for, like, a year or two, I was very much working to wage. Like, there was Mm -hmm. no extra space, especially when I was still, like, breastfeeding, and I was just, like, so not, like, so brain-fogged and so, like, miserable in my, like, self uh, because I was so tired all the time and babies are really hard. I was definitely, like doing the job and then that was the extent of the job that I was doing right. and then I had really like just kind of gotten back into the like okay I'm ready for more I, I want to take on more like I believe that there is more here to do and I'm like into it mm-hmm. um and I felt like that sense of ownership that I wasn't being told to like do other weird shit but I was like eager for it I was like ready to take on more weird shit and for me that looked like mentoring stuff and like volunteering for like heart projects rather than like, sure, I'll run your like 17 other reports. Right. No, this seems fulfilling and interesting. And I want yeah. to learn something here. So I'm yeah. this project. Yeah. So it was an expansion of where of like it was more of a like working to promote my own interests rather than going above and beyond at my job, job description. Right. Right. So that was interesting. But like that bleeds very much into like the gig economy at work where they're like. You could do a job right. and a half if you really wanted to. I was not interested in your job and a half. I was interested in like project based. There are some things that I wanted right. to like get involved in, so like DEI stuff and like, like I said, like do some like mentoring. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, but no, no, I was not going to take on additional fake jobs. Yeah, yeah, additional crap that's probably going to fall apart mm-hmm. because things come up and need to be done, and then don't seem to need to be done. Right. And, and the, you know, the kind of like mental labor involved in like making those decisions about like, because once you take on 85 other things, you're like, how do I prioritize this against my actual job? And who decides like what, con- what component of this is the part that I get paid for? So like if you take on jobs beyond what you're actually working on and then your job, dis- then the jobs that fall into your job description suffer how do you like reconcile those? Like, how do you prioritize against it? And then are you like failing at your actual job because you're stuck doing other people's jobs? That 100% is a similar situation. I, I, in my experience in the smaller, yeah. Um, I mean, the nice thing is in the smaller, you are all, you, you know who you're working with and and what you're working toward. There's Uh no question that, there's like one person that's involved in you getting a raise or getting a, a title promotion or something like that. There's no question of what needs to be done usually. 
and who everyone kind of knows what everyone else's I shouldn't say that. I know what everyone's workload is. <laughs> but we know, you know, especially if you're in an industry where there's like season cycles, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like people are working on this, there's persons on this, so I can take this on. That happens. Um, and then the suddenly you keep doing that thing happens. Right. Help them out for six months, help them out for two months. And now you find that this task is yours. Somewhere. Yeah. Some that, that now belongs to you. Yeah. yeah. Well, you've been doing it this whole time. So you might as well like own it. Right. You're, You're great at it. Don't you want to like, just, yeah. keep, just keep it. If you've worked it in and you can like get all your work done with it, we'd really appreciate it if you could keep, keep doing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's a bullshit. It's a it bullshit. A bullshit. It's a it's total a, bullshit. It's a bullshit. <laughs> um, what part since, you know, it's a bullshit. What part of American work life would you change? Did I even make a note on this or did I just think about it? Oh, wait. <laughs> My note on this starts with, ha! <laughs> I have five numbers. Five. One to five. Ooh, go for it. One, healthcare being tied to your employment. Yeah. That's stupid. Two, the incredible power disparities that the healthcare and other things being tied to your employment feeds into in just society. Uh, the wage disparities that loops right back into that power dynamic situation because you're so reliant for certain things from your job. Uh, four, paying people a ton of money specifically because they treat people like shit or quote unquote get things done. And number five, seriously, the healthcare thing. Mm. that's my list that's, that's my a good list that's a good list I mean everyone is and but I mean look I'm not, everyone is not everyone but the majority of people in the middle and lower class are miserable and it's because they're working in jobs that they hate or in environments that they hate because that environment just is not right for them be it because of how their brain works or a million other life factors And they're staying there because they are too afraid to not have healthcare or they have a reason why they continually need healthcare. Mm -hmm. Everybody's miserable. It's not working out. Nobody is growing in, in a way that is more than just getting your next promotion at work. Humanity is not progressing not only fast enough, but in a, a positive enough direction. And maybe that has something to do with people being miserable, their brains being entirely stifled because they're only doing the same so many few tasks with their brains all day, every single day, creating no new connections in there. Maybe that's all tied together. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? What do you think should should you? Uh, PTO? Um, in that the rest of you know Europe, Europe has so much PTO, and they seem to be fine. They seem to do fine. Their companies exist. Uh, there's right. no reason why we would only yeah, have two they're, weeks they're out of a whole fucking year. Doesn't plummet, right? Uh, so much PTO. We we need we need more PTO. Um, maternal and paternal paid time off uh because it's so fucked it's so fucked uh 
we had to take Rebel to the emergency room and I was like, Hey, you know, Mike, can you take the day off work? And he like hesitated, like, can I take the day off work? And like, ultimately he could, of course. Right. He could, but like, that shouldn't be a question. Mm -hmm. That shouldn't be a question. Like your family's like paid time off for personal stuff. And just like holistically like vacation. Right. Europe is closed for August. Like basically for August, mm-hmm. more of that. Um, I mean, remote work. Any job that can be done remotely should be a hundred percent remote. Get rid of corporate right, right. business. Like get rid of change all of those fucking offices into low income housing. And They're screw, already zoned yeah. for so much of it. Like just fucking change it. So if you can do your job from home, you should just be able to do your job from home mm-hmm. if you want to work from home. Right, because. The, the idea that remote jobs like is somehow like missing the connectivity means that my relationships with people in other, like with my teammates in another country, like, is that not real? Are we not like working well together because we don't ever see each other? It invalidates that like so aggressively. Like when, like if you are a global company, you should really be saying, yeah, no, remote work is fine because otherwise you're saying that, that you're, you're very disparate like teams are not actually working well together. And that's stupid. Right. Uh, and I think that's, that's dumb. We, if you want to work from home and your job like mm-hmm. supports the idea of like, if you are capable of doing your job from home, we should, everybody should a hundred percent be able to do their job from home. If that's right. an option. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I would, I I'd like never want to go into an office again. I'm only and applying for remote jobs. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's not that I don't like people. I love people. I just, I don't, I don't want to wear shoes. I don't want to wear pants. I don't want to commute. I don't want to lose that extra time with my kid. Like, no, I don't want to do any of those things. Right. Well, I'll be on camera all day. I don't care. The idea of doing something that works for your life. Yes. So your life is better and therefore you contribute, good word, holistically Mm -hmm. to society, not just to your nation state making money yeah because essentially that's what it is you can go up that ladder and that is the end of it that's what's happening it's kind of all to make daddy look good (laughs) and that's ridiculous it's always daddy it's always Uh, daddy i read this interesting quote that for the first time first time ever uh women ceos outnumber male ceos named john (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's nice 23 percent of male ceos are named john that's... and 41 no and like 24 percent of like women are ceos that's yeah nice yeah fucking john yeah, yeah john mm-hmm. cool and that's i mean just in general, there should not be so much. I'm going to use the word disparity again. Like in, in in working, like just this conversation that we had just now, five seconds ago. Um, I mean, I I am a salaried employee. Some people are hourly hourly employees. Some people are uh, what is it? Salary non whatever, and, and then yeah, salary. you can get there are essentially contracts. Like you yeah. can either get overtime as a salary or not. It. it, it that right there is such an extreme difference from person to person's life. That should not 
be a thing. We should all know when we get a job and work like we're supposed to, how much money we're going to make. Yeah. You shouldn't be able to just have a manager at your retail job cut a shift. Yeah. <laughs> you, th- those kinds of things. So we don't know how much money we're making and our neighbor does know how much their money they're making right there is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. How are we supposed to find a work-life balance, any sort of balance, any sort of equality when none of us are playing with the same tools at the same game? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, Because you have to have security in order to and work towards your balance. Right. And it's the fear of losing security. Yeah. Which in this country is, for most of us, most people, two paychecks away. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that fear keeps you in the job that gives you the health care, even if it sucks, or keeps you driving this long just because you have to hold on to that job that almost costs you as much to get there. Right. You know, it's, um, yeah. I think that humans are better than that. I think humans have way more to offer than the, the freaking universe, than the system we've got going on here for like mm-hmm. skill making. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Right. So that's work. That's work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, work. There's a lot going on right now. There's a lot with the writer strike and just in general, the labor discussions have, you know, I don't know. I feel like our whole lifetimes, this, this has been a conversation and I'm pretty sure our parents would say the same thing. Um, so this has been on my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel? Anything else? Any other work stuff that you want to say or get out there? Like, uh, feeling? I am starting to think about applying for jobs again. That's that's my thing. I'm working with a resume writer because, man, writing your own resume is very difficult. Dude, it fucking sucks. It's the worst. So strong recommend for hiring a resume writer. Yeah. And uh, we'll see how things go. I have an interview on Tuesday, actually. Uh, No, on Thursday. What day is today? I have an interview on Thursday. So today is Tuesday. Nice. That's important. Nice. Uh, so, you know, we'll... Wait, we'll... interview with her for a job or with your resident yeah. person? Oh, an interview for a job. Oh, okay. So you're like yeah. balls rolling. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure, sure. Nice. Um, ready to start putting myself back out there. So Good. I would like to take the summer off. I would like to, like, enjoy the summer completely. I know. Like, with, with that, like, I would like to get a job that starts in September. Like, hire me now, but don't make me start working until September. I just want to take the summer off. I think that's totally I mean, probably yeah. doable. Sure. Maybe. Right? I don't know. Contract work? Yeah, right. Contract? Well, that's the thing. I could, I could do that. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm trying not to, like, stress about it too much, right? Because you don't want to get yourself all worked up. It's just up. a thing that's happening. It's yeah. not, it cannot be the only thing, if at all possible. It cannot be the only thing going on. Yeah. yeah. It's not. There's a yeah. lot of things going on. Good. So. Good. What Speaking we, of things that are going about? on. Yeah, other stuff that's going on. Political minute. Doodle, what's going on? Uh, Biden's soft launch Biden. of his re-election campaign. The softest of launches. The quietest of announcements. I feel like I heard more about his trip to Ireland where he said he's going to announce after he got back than I did about his actual announcement. 
Um, I didn't even like see a press release. I saw like one second of a TikTok, like maybe it's, it's been so key. And I guess there's this argument of like, well, I'm the president. I don't need to like make a big fanfare. I'm just going to continue to be your president. And like, that's just the way it is. But like, it smacks a little bit of a lack of confidence. Like say it with your whole chest. Right. I'm still doing it guys. We're coming out here again. And like, I don't think Biden's doing a, uh, a bad job. Like it's fine. Mm. Like, I mean, they're in some ways he's doing a phenomenal job, right? There's right. he's getting a lot of bills passed and like the things that matter are happening. And stuff. But like in other ways, this failure to commit this like loud messaging that we're not getting through this like constant drowning out of like the Republican bullshit mm-hmm. is part of the reason why Democrats are flailing everywhere. So I just, I feel like it's a missed opportunity to not like start rallying the troops right now. I'm getting a lot of like donation requests, but like, go fuck yourself. Give me, um, give me something, give me something that we're happy about. Give me something to get excited about. Mm-hmm. And also like, you know, I'm going to quote Elaine. Elaine, I know you're listening. Hi, I love you. Hi, um, a future where all we see is another old white dude, like kind of sucks. But also nobody broke through. Like for, for how crowded right. the democratic field was when Biden was elected, like what happened to all those people? Where did they go? Uh, Kamala just like never, she never either had the opportunity to connect with the American people or they're like keeping her back for later. Like, I don't know, but like that didn't happen. Yeah. Cory Booker, like nobody ever heard from her again, Elizabeth Warren. Sure. We hear from Elizabeth Warren all the time, but she's, it's the same thing. Elizabeth Warren is how old? Right. Uh, Bernie is even older. I will say, actually, I heard more about Bernie saying I am supporting Joe Biden. Like we're not going to have another Bernie bro situation than I did Biden himself. Thank I goodness. Thank that. goodness. Bernie saying like no Bernie bros around here, guys. Right. Um, but like. Who who's next? Who's coming? Like Pete Buttigieg. But like Pete Buttigieg is like very busy managing the trains right now. And he also has like twin two year olds. Right. How can you be president with twin well, How many more things can he do right now? Yeah. Right. And that's um, the point of society, right? We do yeah. It's just, when we I, should be it's, doing it's like bumming me out that we didn't, that there's no alternative that made sense. Even, right. even if Biden chooses to run, it would have been nice. You know, like even if he was like, Hey, I'm running, it would be nice if there was somebody to be running against. Uh, just somebody that we felt like, Oh, like what about this guy or whatever? Instead of like, right what's her name Mar- marianne williamson like shut the fuck up i don't even know who that is oh she was the spiritual healer oh love, the love whatever the like spiritual sure healer. lady um so it's it's a really weird time it's a weird time right now uh i obviously i'm gonna be as aggressively enthusiastic as possible i just wish that he was more enthusiastic about the right and i i wonder how much of that has to do with his age. I wonder what these conversations were. Mm-hmm. I think I, I wonder if there was like a conversation of this is the most solid ground the party has right now. Yeah. This is this is it. I mean there's no even if if she tried to run and they found a new one and he supported it just it's it, not I can't she's not solid anything ground, that would yeah. work right now. Other than Biden yeah. winning. And, and I, I wish there had been more. I wish there had been a little like, boom. Like, it doesn't feel like friendly confetti, yeah. you know, like. Some it doesn't feel of, like we're grooming anybody to be next. No, you know, it feels like that we've got 
such a, a group of young people in politics and young, I mean, in their thirties mm-hmm. and people in their sixties and seventies. It's too big and of a gap. There's a huge gap and there yeah. don't seem to be enough people in the middle, both like ideologically in that generation yeah. and who are looking to mentor for the future. Yep. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think you need another four years of, of Biden for that to. Yeah. And that, settle. that time, right. They need basically the day after Biden gets reelected, they need to decide who's running after him and then start positioning that person today. Right. I mean, the political landscape right now is a circus. Yeah. Um, And the fact that the only options that the Americans are, have gotten into a position of the only options being an 80 year old white guy who's a, a, Democrat. He's a Democrat. Mm-hmm. He's a, a he's a party it's be 86. Democrat. Eighty six. Oh my God. And Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump is a a a fever dream. Yeah. I mean that's that ain't good. How that's what happened. I mean, when I was a kid, I felt much more positive about where we would be at this point in time because they lied in the nineties. They made you feel like you could save the planet. You could have a cool president who was kind of a slime, but everybody is. Everybody loved him. Yeah. Everybody loved George Clinton. Um, George Clinton. Clinton. Everybody loved George Clinton. I've got Parliament Funkadelic in my head. Um, Also a good time. Um, And I just, I feel like they just, they lied. So kids, listen, they're lying. We're not lying to you. The man is. Um, I will say (laughs) one thing about Biden's age. Like, 86, like that's super old, right? That's wild. But it is 86 with 60 years of political experience. Good, exactly. It's not exactly. my grandmother running right. for president. Right. It is It is 86 with 60 years of deep savvy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That feels a little different. That feels a little different. Some sort of diplomatic history really very serious better about our place in the world a knowledge bank that exists oh knowledge bank oh that's nice that's nice it's not just some guy shuffling it off the street being like yo i could do this right you cannot not do this no no he's a he's a real person he's a real person um I'm excited. I hope it goes well. I hope Biden has a lot of support and I hope that he runs on a platform of really digging into and supporting progressive policies. I think that is probably his best bet. Yes. It would be nice if that happened. Biden soft launch. 2024, which is like tomorrow. Yeah, Biden, what the hell? (laughs) Yeah. Anywho. So uh, that is our work talk. That is that Biden has work to do. Uh, Harris has work to do. Everybody has work to do. If you guys uh, talk to us about your work, send us, let us know if you love your work, how you found work you love. If you hate your work, uh, tips for, for work and working without stress. You can do that. Uh, you can leave us a comment on Instagram. You can leave us a comment here on Podbean, uh, also on Apple Podcasts. You can email us at chatcherownpodcast at gmail.com. Noodle, what do you got going on? Any shout outs? Any, any closings? That's a solid note. Nope. Candy's got I, I'm dull. <laughs> spring zine is out. That had to do partly with like waking up with spring. No way. You just did a huge event. You should 
take a moment. Uh, take a I beat. Just, Finish the zine. Zine's out. It's up at candypresents.com. That's candy with an I. And I am taking a beat. I plan to kind of chill most of May. I love it. Chill May. And uh, because I missed this one, if you had subscribed to receive (laughs) (laughs) Candy Zine, um, now is the time to re-up. Re-up for 2023. Turns out the, the new season is upon us. That's not auto renew. Let's, let's drop. Let's drop the link in there. That is um, not to subscribe for the, yeah. the new subscribe. Twenty twenty three. Get a zine every season. Yeah. Seasonal zines. Um, this was great, Noodle. I missed you. I know. I like we it's, haven't. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Been a minute. I missed me, but you know, right. getting back in the saddle. Woo. Yep. Back in the saddle. We missed you guys. Uh, click the the bell on Instagram so you don't miss our next episode, which should be out in about a month, month and a half. Catch up on season five, episode one, season six came out in last month. Last month sounds right. Last month sounds right. We will see you guys in summer. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye.